Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. It's the good stuff. Yeah. It's the 2015 Laffy Awards. Ooh. We're your hosts. Over there is the two frames, Ryan Bull. Howdy. I'm the L-Train, Rich Lusk, and we're here to give out our favorite awards of the year. We have some pretty interesting categories, I think. Third annual? Third annual Laffy Award show. Last year we had a guest host, the Registar. He'll make an appearance in this one, but uh, he's not here in studio. So this is a big deal, man. I got The envelopes are sealed. I have my tufts on. <sighs> the, there's a buzz in the air. <laughs> Let's so- Go ahead. What are we starting with? I think we ought to jump right into it. With the, uh, This is an achievement award for achievement in facial hair. <laughs> I've been thinking about this award for a long time, and there have been a lot of top considerations throughout the year. Okay. All right, so the nominees are uh, for Oscar Isaac in uh, Ex Machina. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, a bald programmer that has a, uh, a large black bro beard. And uh, it's the contrast between his bald pat or pate and his just whiskers that sort of that got him this nomination. Another nomination is favorite movie of yours. Well, one of your favorite movies in anticipation was Trumbo. Mm-hmm. Brian Cranston's Dalton Trumbo has an impressive handlebar mustache that gets a little bit more obnoxious throughout the movie. Uh, Kevin Bacon's uh, 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 Sheriff Kretzer in Cop Car. He has the longest, straightest hairs between his nose and his upper lip. Yeah, he's got the creepy stash. It, it's it, they're like tines in a fork. <laughs> That's why I, I thought about this award. Uh, and then also Kurt Russell appears in here twice because he showed up in uh, Bone Tomahawk, a western, uh, sort of an independent western. As a sheriff hunt, he has a full beard with deep, furry cheeks, like an angry old chipmunk. But then we recently saw him in Hateful Eight on the Hateful Eight Roadshow, and he stars as Hangman John Ruth with a full handlebar, or handlebar, handlebar, yeah, that's about right, handlebar mustache with, and sideburn combo, and uh, it's the, the multicolored beard, the grays, they mix right in with his raccoon skin cap. <laughs> All right? Those are the winner. nominations. Yeah, I have a winner here. Oh, I'm really excited about this one. I'm going to find out. For Achievement in Facial Hair, the first 2015 Laffy Award goes to Kurt Russell <laughs> for Bone Tomahawk and Hateful Eight. Ah, the double. Yeah, well, he could, I mean, he was sporting a pretty impressive beard there. It so is well deserved. He'll be getting his Laffy Award in the mail. He'll probably put it up there on his mantelpiece with all of his other major awards <laughs> that he'll get this year. I got to make there. There were two that sort of stuck out that I have to just mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the making of a murderer thing? Not yet. It's a documentary on on the, uh, Netflix. Netflix. I haven't caught up with it yet. There, there's a guy, Steve Avery, who spent 18 years in prison, and during that time, he just grew out this long beard. And when he was released, it was on a windy day, so it just sort of blows out the hair. Mm-hmm. So he gets a special achievement for the special <laughs> achievement award in facial hair because he's a real character. Also in Fargo 2, Fargo Season 2. Mm-hmm. There's not very many people that can pull off the uh, Abe Lincoln, but uh, I think Nick Offerman's Carl Weathers does a pretty good job with it. I don't know if you've seen enough of him in the in the show yet. 
not a whole lot. I've seen Nick Offerman and other stuff, and he's always had a mighty fine beard. Yeah, he's got he's got the Abe Lincoln. Yeah. But that's a television show, so it doesn't really fit our achievement in film hair, facial hair award. Fair enough. There you go. Uh, next up is Best Documentary. Now, we haven't talked much about documentaries on the show, though we do watch a fair amount of them. Uh, the nominees this year are Misery Loves Comedy. Oh, yeah. Why Must Comedians Always Be Miserable? An interview with about 50 of the most famous ones. A Lego Brickumentary. Okay. Going in and around all things Lego, the company, the competitions. Yeah, I was surprised. We went to the Lego store on the road show. That was a highlight of the trip. I didn't realize that Legos had gotten that big. Oh, you should watch the brickumentary then. There you go. Uh, The Death of Superman Lives. This was the failed Kevin Smith Mm. uh, screenplay that was going to star Nicolas Cage as a flightless Superman. Also, Capeless. uh, Fortress of Solitude was going to be in the North Pole, and it was going to be guarded by polar bears. (laughs) Okay. He was also going to fight a giant mechanical spider. Uh, the documentary wow. goes into the reasons why that failed. And, Gee, it seems like it can't miss. And Electric Boogaloo, the wild untold story of canon films. Uh, they made all of the horrible 80s and 70s action movies, the comedies, all the stuff that when you went to the video store to rent, you went, wow, this got released in theaters? <laughs> it didn't. It was all direct to video, thanks to canon films. Awesome. And the winner is... Electric Boogaloo, The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. This was the first movie I watched of the year, and it set the stage. This thing is fantastic. The interviews uh, with all these people who were intimately involved with uh, Canon Films are hilarious. The guy who ran it, he was uh, insane. At one point, he pitches a movie to a chimpanzee (laughs) in the middle of a meeting. If you like films, if you like the making of films... You owe it to yourself to go watch this documentary. Where was the chimpanzee? He was at the meeting. Why? Uh, he was famous for... Oh, he it's or chimp. It, it's the monkey from <laughs> Get There Any Which Way You Can. The Get There Any... Oh. The Clint Eastwood one, right? Doesn't he have a... <laughs> He's a orangutan. Orangutan. A big orangutan. Monkey. Okay. Canon Films wanted to work with him. Okay. They thought the success of his previous films was because of the monkey. <laughs> All right. So... Nice best, pick. Best documentary. All right. Well, you know, uh, we have a musical producer on the show. Uh, Elijah Steele mm-hmm. is our resident musical producer. He's given us some intro music and outro music and whatnot. So we've named this award, this next award after him, uh, the Steele Award for Musical Guest of the Year. Uh, these are the artists who have allowed us graciously to use their, who have graciously allowed us to use their music as part of our theme songs and uh we really appreciate their uh support of the laugh podcast and we like to support them the first song is by jp Kalia. it's called old dog john and i'm sorry i couldn't get up this morning sorry didn't see you out the door Darling, don't you worry, I still be rockin' and rollin'. There ain't no new tricks left for this old dog. All right, that was J.P. Kalia with Old Dog. Our next nomination is Aaron Sachs. This is Happy. And I want it to be something 
right, so that was Happy by Aaron Sachs. Our next song is by a group, a rock group, who allowed us to use their song. They're Face the King with the song You, Me, and the Sound. Face the King with You, Me, and the Sound. Our next nomination for Steel Award is the new age sort of uh, retro rocker Atara Valentine with his song Break Free. Tara Valentine with the song Break Free. Our final nomination goes to the L Train, the Registar, <laughs> and Mr. Two Frames with this little musical rendition of Hello. Is it me, me you're looking quiet. for? I mean, can you hear kind of? I wonder I can where hear both you of are. you. Right. And is this going to be distracting for you? I wonder what you right. do. No, I don't really care. Are you somewhere feeling lonely? I hope you're recording that. Yeah, no, no, it's it's here, so you can see. Or is someone loving you? I mean, recording him singing "Hello" by Lionel Richie. Yes. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So those are the nominees for the first annual Steel Award, and the winner. I'm so excited. (laughs) Atara Valentine for the song "Break Free." Nice one. Good pick. Yeah, I really like that. Actually, uh, Mr. Steele uh, weighed in on this, and that was his nomination. I'm surprised that uh, L Train didn't win there, because I thought that his was a pretty good vocal song. But the Tara Valentine's performance, you can check him out on iTunes, and uh, you can go to his website. There'll be a link up for all of these artists on the uh, episode, The Laffy Award Show, which is coming up pretty soon, which will be coming out pretty soon, which you'll hear because you're already listening to it. That <laughs> makes sense, right? So there you go. That's the Steel Award. It's the first annual Steel Award for Song of the Year. I like it. Uh, change of pace now for the fourth award. This is the I Paid Money to Watch That in Theaters Award. This is for the film that we went to go watch and were shocked by how bad it was after having high expectations. And the nominees are Child 44, oh, The Visit, Wait. The Visit? The Visit. M. Night Shyamalan's. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, horror film about why you shouldn't go and spend the Wait, week you didn't with like that one? Grandma and Grandpa. You like that one? I, I thought I kind of did. No? I think we I think we both need to then go Wait, back and listen to the show. Did we ban it? Yeah, okay. we banned it. Sorry. And, oh, no, I know I had a bit. Okay, go ahead. And this one you had wanted to see, you backed out, and I still forged ahead. The Last Witch Hunter, starring Vin Diesel. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the winner... Child 44, starring Tom Hardy. What was supposed to kick off the Summer of Tom fell flat on its face. Yeah, disappointment of the year. Yeah, Yeah, it was sad. Yeah, we had spent about 45 minutes after this film was over trying to figure out how we were going to salvage the show for that week. What did we do? Uh, We did two more reviews, uh, Beyond the Reach and Danny Collins. Yep, both movies were much better. 
the 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 year of Tom did did not start out auspiciously. No, hopefully it powers through to the end. Though. I, I I recently was able to see Legend, mm-hmm. and I have to tell you, pretty good. It stands up. Yeah, for me it does. Hmm. So all right, the Revenant is coming out. We're going to do that pretty soon, aren't we? Yeah, Revenant comes out I believe the eighth of January in wide release. So we'll be covering that probably around the twelfth or thirteenth. You can hear our show. All right. Ooh, I have scene of the year. Ooh. My scene of the year award is it, this jumped up on me somehow. This is uh, the scene that I was most moved by in movie theaters this year. Thinking of, or I think I saw all of these in the movie theater when I was. Uh, I just sat. Down. I didn't even look at titles. I just sat down and tried to figure out what was the scene that I thought most about, and uh, these sort of popped into my head. There was one major one from Bone Tomahawk that popped into my head, but it still wasn't one of the major scenes. My nominations. Mm-hmm. For scene of the year, begin with Sicario, the final scene of uh, Sicario where Emily Blunt has to s- sort of, well, I should sort of put out there that there are going to be some spoilers in this scene. The scene of the year award will contain some spoilers, people. So if you haven't seen Sicario, you should probably turn off your your iPod now or whatever, iPhone, and go back. Can't you just say watch final it. scene? I did say final scene, didn't I? Yeah, can't you just say final scene and leave it at that? Okay. Final scene. The final scene with Emily Blunt and Benicio Del Toro. So, apparently it changed a lot from the original plan. I was doing some research afterwards. Hmm. So, that's one of the nominations. Another nomination is Thomas Mann uh, confronting Olivia Cook in the movie Me, Earl, and the Diving, Dying Girl. as She reveals her decision she makes regarding uh, treatment for her disease that's causing her to die. Um, there's an interrogation scene. There's actually a couple of them in Ex Machina, which is my next nomination. And Don Gleason's Caleb has been brought in to perform a, tur- a Turing test on Alika Vikander's Ava. And in the course of this interview, the tables get sort of turned. Another scene of the year, standoff at the roadway. This is a character named Man, played by Shay Wingham, who appears uh, in the movie Cop Car mm-hmm. through a series of events. And he sets up Bacon's Sheriff Kretzer. And along comes Cameron Mannheim, who's unaware of the circumstances surrounding the setup. And there's just a whole lot of good tension in that. I don't want to reveal anything, but made my scene of the year. And then also I had nominated the uh, church massacre scene from Kingsman, which is actually the first scene that I saw this year, or the first movie that I saw this year, I think, that I remember seeing that was released in 2015. This movie, uh, you've probably heard a lot about it. Even if you haven't seen the movie, it's a lot of violence at three and a half minutes long. It's still only half as long as the original scene that they had planned. It's had 20 stuntmen and 100 extras in it. <laughs> Took a week of practice just to get the choreography before they even started to shoot the scene. I also have a nomination for Johnny Depp as Whitey Bulger. And uh, he offers Peter Sarsgaard's Brian Holler in a bag of money not to do a hit on a businessman, Roger Wheeler. Sarsgaard's performance in Black Mass sort of saves that sh- that that uh, movie for me. I-, I was a little down on I was up and down on it while we were watching it. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a good movie. It didn't make my top ten, but anyway, scene of the year. So let me see. Who do you think it? Who do you... I, I think I know where you're going with this. Really? Yeah. Might be surprised, Mr. Two Frames. Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Thomas Mann and Olivia Cook, congratulations. 
This is uh, director Alfonso Gomez Rejon and uh, director of photography Chung Hoon Chung's decision to let this thing play out with a long take and a fixed camera forces the viewer to take on both points of view simultaneously. And it shows how the same event can have two different points of view at the same time. And it was one of the times this year that the effect was exactly what the filmmakers wanted or intended, at least the effect and the impact it had on me. And it's also one of the few times I found myself crying for a human experience in the theater, which is a big step for me, Mr. Two Frames, and my you know, desire to become a human being. <laughs> so, I think that's a good pick. Where did you think I, I was think I thought you were going, oh, I don't want to say All right. quite right now. All right. That was the scene. That, that would give too much credence to me because I also did best scene of the year. Ooh. And while I like all of your nominations, uh-huh. I shared none of them. All right, that's okay. Not even Kingsman. Not here. Kingsman okay. might show up later in the all show. Right. Okay. All um, right. Best scene. I'm going to start off with Sicario Two, a film we're both hoping gets nominated for best picture. And if it doesn't, I see us doing a review when it gets released on uh, Blu-ray and or okay. streaming. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. For me, the best scene in Sicario was the border crossing. Uh, also being nominated is Spotlight. Uh, the scene, what's the percentage of priests? To me, that's when the whole movie got made. Okay. That's when I bought in. Uh, wonderful scene. Mad Max Fury Road, this is a bit of a cheat because it's a little long, but when Immortan Joe chases Furiosa. Okay. So the, the whole movie? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking up until they hit the sandstorm. Okay. But yeah, I, I remember laughing with Lee in the theaters. Yeah at that and mission impossible road nation the opera house okay assassination scene i think the way that that's put together is very much a callback to hitchcock and the way that amps up the tension cutting between multiple locations is masterfully done a lot of good suspense there yeah and for me the not or the award has to go to sicario the border crossing and i don't want to say much more about it. No, that's good. Other scene. than the amount of tension, I started to feel ill in the pit of my stomach because hmm? you know something's going to happen, you just don't know when. It makes a strong case for that movie. Yeah, I really hope Sicario gets nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. I it, think it, it should. deserves it. I agree, Mister Two Frames. All right, now we're getting into the meat of the program here. Yeah. This is the Tony Crystal Award. Tony Crystal Award is this is one of our. Uh, loyal listeners. He's given us a lot of feedback throughout the year, and he's deserving of an award named in his honor. This is actually uh, the Condescending Remark of the Year Award. So the 2015 Tony Crist Award for Condescending Remark of the Year. Nominations are two frames for Really. Uh, What's your Netflix pick and uh, Amazon? Net pick is Perfume, the Story of a Murderer. Really? Uh, Two frames. For uh, silence? How long did that go? Uh, we're at 30. I just need some silence here in the room for like five seconds. All right, that's good. Wow, what a rude, what a rude way to tell someone to shut up. <laughs> it's a silence. Uh, two frames for word pizza. Fine, whatever word pizza you want to throw together. <laughs> Our next nomination is two frames for way to be a professional. Way to be a professional. Next nomination, two frames for whatever. It's a long time ago. Long, okay, whatever. In a galaxy far, far away. Fine. <laughs> whatever. Final nomination, L-Train. Whatever. Rotten Tomatoes is binary. It's positive or negative. Right. I'm positive on this film, but I'm positive with like an eight, maybe an eight and a half. All right. 
there are other films I'm higher on, but the average score might be higher if we were looking at like a 10-point scale. Whatever. What do you think of those nominations, Mr. Two Frames? I remember saying most of those things. <laughs> Who do you think wins it? Uh, I don't know. <sighs> the I mean, winner for the first annual Tony Christ Award. Oh, it's a tie. <laughs> L-Trade and Mr. Two Frames for whatever. All right. Well, we'll be sharing this award. You can have it first. Thank you. Thank you. I don't remember the word pizza thing. I don't either. I, no idea. Which I was show making that's a from. very cogent, important, critical remark about a film. You had a condescending remark about it uh, to me. Yeah, I just I don't I don't remember what film that was. Most of the other ones I remember. Oh, so. really? So yeah, yeah, that was All the right. one. Well, oh, there that's you go. hilarious! <laughs> All Congratulations. Right. Uh, continuing on uh, with that theme, I have biggest surprise of the year for me. Uh, mm-hmm. This was just what I was surprised about as I went about my movie-going experience and just what I wasn't expecting. Is uh, it a good surprise or bad? Or bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of good. Yeah, you know. yeah. uh, number one, my wife went with me to see The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> she was willing to go for one of her three movies a year. Oh, wow. Uh, surprise number two, that the Fast and Furious movies are getting better as they go along. All right. I'm pretty sure if we can get to, like, Fast and Furious 17, it's going to be nominated for Best Picture. Will that be, like, slow and bitter by then? <laughs> They'll just be so old. The creepy thing is this next one that's coming out, number eight. Uh-huh. Uh, Vin Diesel said seven, or the seventh one was for Paul. The eighth one will be from Paul. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so it's going to be the screenplay from are they heaven. Getting, are they getting faster and furiouser? Breathlesser and stupider. As you get older. <laughs> I can see people being angrier as they get older. <laughs> uh, number three, Jurassic World is the best comedy of the year. <laughs> I haven't laughed more through a movie all year long. All right. And number four, that No Escape, the Owen Wilson survival film, has the best comedy scene of the year with the roof escape. Oh, all right. So genre mixing. Yeah, go watch No Escape just for the roof escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the award goes to Jurassic World. Oh, wow. That's wow. the best comedy of the year. My guess is that's the only award that Jurassic World will win this year. For anything, except for the, if well, you, it won't even win the box office if award. If you go in and watch that film as a comedy, as a comedy. it is wonderful. All right. Love that movie still. We should watch it after the show. I no, got a 3D copy of it. Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> There are some things that I appreciated about it, believe it or not. The ending? When it was over, I was really <laughs> happy. <laughs> I they, they missed their shot with that one. I just can't believe that it was such a well-received movie in the box office. Do you but, know the director of that is going to do the ninth Star Wars film? He's the one that has to end the trilogy. Okay. That, well, that, okay, he'll end the trilogy, but will he really, he'll, he won't end the franchise, so... Will it be another 40 years after yeah, that? Uh, Do you think he's going to try to like sabotage the trilogy? I don't know, but that's got to give Star Wars fans a pause. Well, it won't give box office, like the producers, a pause. Because this guy is going to be responsible for probably the largest grossing movie of all time. The third movie in the in the Star Wars trilogy, the Force is Awake trilogy. Mm-hmm. I wonder, do you think it's The Force Goes to Sleep? <laughs> the Force Takes a Nap. Next one is The Force Takes a Nap. And then the Force has a nightmare. Well, shouldn't it be the Force awakens, the Force takes a shower, the Force eats breakfast? There's some other things that you do 
that I do when I first wake before I take a shower or eat breakfast. The the force goes to the bathroom should be the next one. That's what I think of it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. This is my favorite. Uh, I think it's going to be my favorite award of the year. This is named after one of our listeners and someone that I follow on and enjoy reading her tweets on Twitter. She's given us some good feedback throughout the year. It's the Lisa M. Brisky Award. So this is the first annual Laffy Award, Brisky Award for Visual Metaphor of the Year. Put a lot of thought into this one, Mr. Two Frames. The first visual metaphor of the year. I don't think I really talked about any of these visual metaphors with you in the course of the show. I'm sort of surprised. I wanted to with all of them, but we just got caught up into other things. Hmm. And some of these movies we haven't even talked about. Maybe one we did, but it's a spoiler. So I'm going to have to like bounce around all these things. I'm intrigued. All right. So again... First nomination makes uh, an appearance for the second time, this movie. It's uh, Sicario. Uh, Josh Brolin's Matt Graver is constantly waving at people. He does it all the time, even when he's seen people that have already seen him. And I I think that he's meaning it uh, to show that he's disarming or disarmed or like the old Romans used to do when they'd see each other on the Appian Way would wave to each other to show that they weren't carrying any weapons or the handshake sort of evolved out of that too. The irony of that character is sort of conveyed by that hand wave because there's, there's an openness in a hand wave that's not seen in this character. We'll put it that way. Uh, another one visual metaphor works on a meta level. It's the two headed lizard in Mad Max Fury Road. The initial shot of the film involves a CGI two-headed lizard that comes up on Max and he stomps it out and eats it. And it's sort of, uh, it shows for the characters the effects of the apocalypse. It sets up how Max is a hungry character, you know, willing to do anything in order to survive. But it also acts on a metal level to foreshadow how George Miller will eschew digital effects for the practical effects and the stunt work that show up later on the film. It's like, it's his way of like smashing Jurassic World <laughs> with a uh, with a foot stomp. Uh, let's see. Ooh. Salt in the wound in Slow West. This is the most obvious metaphor of all yeah. the movies that we've seen, but <sighs> I wish I could talk about it more. <laughs> Just suffice to say that Jay Cavendish is wounded by the girl that he loves and then He's actually literally wounded by her and then uh, figuratively wounded by her. And then that wound gets salt poured into it. So there's actual salt in the wound. Uh, also, the fourth nomination is from Beasts of No Nation. This is director Kerry Fukunaga's take on child soldiers in Africa. It stars Abraham Atta as a young Agu, whose only true companion is the young Stryka, played by Emmanuel Neil Adam Quay. And this kid, the striker kid, suffers an injury while they're retreating, and Agu literally has to carry him on his shoulders. And that's sort of an extended scene. The way it plays out is important in terms of developing themes, showing how he supports his kid. The final nomination is from the movie Creed, and it is the doorway motif. I don't know if you recognized it or noticed it, but I noticed about halfway through the film that a great deal of the major character transitions happen when a character either appears in a doorway or in front of a doorway and 
is that threshold that acts not only as a demarcation for the character, but it also symbolizes the choices they have to make as they take their steps in their separate journeys. So the doorway motif was really big in Creed. So those are the nominations for the LM Brisky Award for Visual Metaphor of the Year. Any favorites there? Ooh. I think I got to go Slow West. We didn't talk about any of these. Didn't no. We? I, Except I for think... maybe Slow West. Yeah, uh, you hint about that on the review. Okay. Right. I mean, it, it is a great scene. All right. And the winner goes to Beast of No Nation. Strikers ride on Aggie's shoulders. thing I like most about this is the callbacks that it has to great literature, like its literary antecedents in Homer and the Iliad and uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, possibly the greatest war novel ever written. So it it shows the, the impossible task of being a child soldier in this war. Did you get a chance to see Beast of No Nation? No, I haven't watched that yet. Really good. Might make my top ten. Yeah, there's a lot of talk they could be nominated for Best Picture. Ooh, I don't know about that, but... Best support, but if if there's an Oscar for best visual metaphor, <laughs> it should win, according to the Laffies. Fair enough. All right. Uh, the next award is best fight slash action scene. Oh, okay. And the only thing I thought was I can't nominate anything that I'd already nominated for best scene. Okay. So that eliminated some of these, even okay. though they were wonderful films, and we've talked about them on past shows. Uh, first up is from the movie Cooties, Rain Wilson versus a bunch of zombie school children on the playground. Oh, I was thinking Goonies. <laughs> okay. No, no, Cooties. All right. A bunch of kids become zombies yeah, after they eat about uh, infected chicken nugget. <laughs> right. uh, next up is Batman versus Robin, uh, another one of those animated films. I've, I used to talk a lot about them. I don't mm-hmm. think we've covered any this year. This is Robin's fight versus Deathstroke. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Deathstroke is finally done right. I don't really care for his portrayal on uh, the TV show Arrow. Okay. So, enjoyed that. Uh, earlier in the show, we or you nominated Kingsman, The Secret Service, The Church Fight. I've got mm-hmm. that up there for Fight of the Year. That definitely started the year off strong. And last up is from the movie Creed, the second boxing match. The one-take boxing okay. match. Yeah. Uh, and the winner is... Creed. Okay. I just, I mean, I was blown away with the cinematography and how real that boxing fight looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often in the Rocky films, you could see the punches missing by a good two feet. And in this movie, the action is really, really good. You can see the boxers adapting as the fight's going on, learning. It's very smartly choreographed. And I appreciate that as someone who watches a lot of mixed martial arts, a lot of combat sports, kickboxing and such. It's almost a make-or-break moment in the movie. Yeah. I mean, it elevates it. it it's it's going to be a good movie either way, but that scene alone elevates it. To me, Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, uh, the lead actor in the film, he looked like a boxer. I know a lot of other actors have done a good job in their portrayal, but I really feel like they're just going through the choreography, you know, just doing the timing. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal was very good in Southpaw this year, but Michael B. Jordan... He, his boxing performance blows everyone else out of the water. Mm-hmm. So I agree. So, uh, yeah, that's best fight slash action, action scene Creed. All right. Awesome. And we're at the final. We're at the final Laffy Award of the year. All right. Our final nomination, our final award for Laffy Award of the year goes to our guest of the year. We had a lot of uh, good nominees for the guest of the year award. We did. 
some directors, some actors. We talked about a movie, a couple of movies, uh, a radio serial podcast, uh, a play we talked about this year. And we had some of the filmmakers and actors and directors of these various genres come onto the show and talk about us or talk about it to us. The first interview of the year was with director Nemanja Bala for his movie Love Hunter. Something really changes with our main character when the song comes, you know. So we use his songs to express really his inner life and, and his emotions. And, and we just find it, for me, that was the most interesting part when we were first writing the scripts, you know, to, to, to use his lyrics and songs to kind of complete the scenes. So that was Nemanja Bala talking about Milan Moomin, the actor who plays uh, Milan Moomin in the movie Love Hunter. We also got a chance to talk to Zach Valenti, Emma Sherzarko, and Gabriel Urbina about their radio podcast, Wolf 359. And they talked about uh, how they had to deal with actors not being in the same location as they were. And logistically, I don't know if you're aware that, like, most of the rest of the talent, like the other three actor, two actors, uh, are um, out of state. Uh, we're, we're based in New York. Gabriel himself only recently uh, migrated here by way of Los Angeles. So it's been an interesting sort of experiment in the future today in Skyping in other actors and, yeah. and recording, you know, people in Boston and in L.A. and sort of patching it all together in the back end. But I think Gabrielle will tell you that if Emma and I weren't in the same city, it would be a problem. Yeah. 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 A lot of people aren't aware, yeah, that Michaela Sweet that plays Hira has actually never been in the same room as mm-hmm. any of us for any of Wolf 359. Our next nomination is director John Cunningham, who produced a short film, an award-winning short film called BLT, and he shared with us his experience with that film. Thinking that when I was in the alleyway filming um, the, the filming BLT, I never anticipated at all that it would get the response it did. I never, you know, all around the world, from different countries, people commenting on the film, and and I never anticipated winning. Um, one of the best things for me was winning uh, the best screenplay. And I was really pleased that the actors also got acknowledged. They won Outstanding Performance in LA's uh, Z-Fest. And that was wonderful for them. And I, I, I was told at school that I'm no good at English. I'll never achieve much and stuff like this because all I was interested in was movies and computer games. So to win Best Screenplay in America and have that certificate, it's something I can show my, my children. And that is so powerful. It's so powerful. You can't imagine. Our next guest was director Michael Wexler, who talked to us about casting Judd Hirsch in his movie Altered Minds. Um, we went through about uh, two or three of those. And then finally, um, things really started to uh, pick up for the project. Uh, near the uh, near the end of 2011, uh, when we cast Judd Hirsch in the project, right. and uh, Judd uh, was obviously, uh, you know, he's uh, in terms of our cast, he's the probably the most known uh, name in the cast. But he was um, he was somebody that I actually wrote the screenplay for way back in 2005 when I was 
when I was trying to come up with who would be the great actor uh, to play the role of this doctor who has um, taken all of these children from war-torn uh, countries and has raised them as his own, and, and essentially psychiatrist has not only uh, healed them, but has also um, taken away their pain. From the same show, we talked to actor C.S. Lee, and he discussed shooting on location. You know, when you're on a set, you see all the, there's so many things that can distract you. And, um, you know, just personally, just being on, on, on location, you're thrown in the scene. And there's, you know, besides the camera crew and people that are standing around, it's like everything is there. And when you're working on a set, you have to use your imagination just a little bit more to uh, keep you away from the distractions. Our final nominee for Guest of the Year is our own Regastar, who talked to us about developing a character for his, this is extra Scott Lasky, actually, not just Regastar. <laughs> he has a real name. He talked to us about his, how he developed a character for his role in the stage production of History Boys. Um, one of the things our director had us do, which was really great, I learned a lot from doing it. It was very, very helpful, was going through the script writing down everything that I say and why I say it, but also what do I say about other characters and what does that reveal about me? What do other characters say about me and what does that reveal? Because as you say, people have observations about you that you may not have for yourself or they may not be intentions, but it's still part of who you are as a character. So again, it's very intellectual in building the character and those things don't all necessarily manifest themselves in an in an obvious way, right. but they're all part of how you put that character together is all the things that you know about that person. All right. Those were our nominations for Guest of the Year. And the winner for the 2015 Laffey Award for Guest of the Year goes to... Director John Cunningham for his film BLT, his short film BLT. All right. Very good film. Yes, he, he's well deserving of the of this award, and I'm sure he'll be happy to find out. Hopefully he, this uh, goes it. up on the short. He, he lists all the awards, right? Oh, yeah, he does. You think he'll put the 2015 Laffey Award? For Winner of a two, of uh, uh, 2015 Laffey Award winning. Laffey <laughs> Award winning guest host, or guest. Yeah. John Cunningham. Well, even if he doesn't, we appreciate him. He's a great guest, and he's working on some new projects. We hope to have him on again in 2016. Maybe we'll have some more really good Laffey Awards. Maybe we'll call the next Guest of the Year Award the Cunningham Award. Ooh, we could. Yeah. So The Cunningham Memorial Award. So it's been a good year, Mr. Two Frames. I've enjoyed 2015. Looking forward, though, to 2016. A lot of big films coming out. Yeah, we actually had a chance to go to the roadshow for The Hateful Eight and see that film, and we're going to talk about that on our next episode, I think. Yeah, that'll be uh, episode 109. Then we got The Revenant. I have a few more films to catch up with. Um, I want to see the movie Spotlight you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there are some movies that will still be from 2015 that still might make our list for top 10, so it's kind of hard for us to settle on that right now. We're going to talk about that. In a couple of shows coming up, we'll have our top 10 shows. It looks to be a very good year in 2016. 
Oh, yeah, and then we get to do all our Oscar coverage. That'll be from about the midpoint of January up until the end of February when the Oscar show goes up. Awesome. So uh, I'm very, very excited. Well, the song that's playing underneath us right now is uh, some of the new theme music that's been provided by Elijah Steele. So this is uh, our way of thanking him and mentioning him for helping us out with the award show this year. Thank you, Mr. Two Frames, for being such a condescending host. Really appreciate that. Thank you for being a broadcast partner. I've enjoyed it. Uh, and so for Mr. Two Frames over there, I'm the L-Train. Pox at Bonum, everybody. There be dragons. Dragons.